Welcome to Strictly Anime, a podcast for anime reviews and discussions by casuals for casuals. My name is Courtney. And I am Carl. This is episode 62, and we're reviewing Saint Young Men. As always, there'll be spoilers about this episode, so you've been warned. I'm going to be upfront. I'm going to call it Saint Onisan the entire time we talk about it, because forever and ever, I've only heard of it referred to as Saint Onisan, and I discovered it's called, or the, locali- the localization is Saint Young Men. Um, and I discovered that like two days ago. Wasn't there, um, there was another podcast where we were listening to where the host was talking about like the, the connotation with Oni-san or Oni-chan. <laughs> and it, you know, like people automatically think uh, that it's going to be something like. Lewd. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, obviously think, this is a religious I think religious they were based. talking about Uramichi Oni-san. And like the one person was like, I've never heard of that, but I know the word Oni-san. And I'm going to assume it's going to be in the vein of like some sort of siscon, like my sister, my writer, or I think Oremo is a siscon. Um, here, it's probably the farthest thing from that. Yeah, I would <laughs> hope so. Otherwise, we would have like a sacrilegious issue on our hands. <laughs> because for those who aren't familiar, although if you're tuning in and you haven't watched um, St. Onisan or haven't even heard of it, props to you. I hope that uh, this discussion will uh, encourage you or influence you to, to give it a shot. But St. Onisan is a story about Jesus and Buddha taking a well-deserved vacation in Japan. So yeah, the farthest thing from a Siskon. <laughs> Anime just comes up with anything nowadays, doesn't it? Yes, but before <laughs> we get into that, I wanted to just, I don't know, share a quick anime update um, because I am trying to power through as much anime on my watch list as I can by the end of 2021. I, just, I figured it's quiet enough in my um, full-time job where I can take advantage of that and just get rid of the shit that's been sitting on my watch list for an eternity, which I know is a meme and most people don't do it, but I was committed to doing it. And I recently finished Monthly Girls Nozaki-kun, which I thought was going to be um, a slice of life romance and it's more just like a slice of life comedy. So there's not much romance in it for an anime that's labeled romance on mail. <laughs> I was kind of baited a little bit. Not not to say I didn't enjoy it. I thought it was a good show, but it focuses more on, so basically Nozaki has, um, he's like a shoujo manga artist. Um, so it focuses on like his adventures, just like trying to figure out how to make the best manga. Um, but there's like a side romance story, I guess, that doesn't even really like go into much detail. So yeah, it's a little mislabeled being called a romance, um, but just from like a a comedy perspective and an enjoyment perspective, I thought it was pretty good. You said this was Nozaki-kun? Yeah, Monthly Girls Nozaki-kun. I think the Japanese title is Gekkan Shoujo Nozaki-kun. Okay, this was just like a, a Netflix streaming exclusive or? I guess so. I mean, I did, mm-hmm. I did watch it on Netflix. Um, I... I, a long time ago, not a long time ago, maybe a couple months ago, um, I did some research on, <laughs> you won't be surprised, but uh, anime that features a male sundere lead. Mm. <laughs> and I wouldn't call Nozaki-kun like a straight up sundere, but he's got some some sundere qualities to him. But that, that did come up a couple times on a couple people's lists. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll throw it on my watch list. Um, and I had just finish what did i watch before that fruits basket i just finished fruits basket and for some reason netflix recommended monthly girls nozaki kun as like 
a related anime or one that I should watch. I'm like, well, that was on my list. It's only 12 episodes. I'll, I'll dive into it. And yeah, I would say for anybody who um, enjoys kind of the, the process behind making it a manga or an anime, um, it's a great watch, um, especially given that it's, it's so quick. Because I did learn a lot about the manga process through this, this comedy. And um, I have a little more respect um, and uh, knowledge about what it takes to be a mangaka. Although I still probably won't read manga. <laughs> And I'm reading here on the Wikipedia that uh, Nozaki is voiced by Michi Nakamura, Gojo's uh, voice actor and yep. Charities. Okay, very interesting. Yes, very interesting indeed. It actually had a pretty stacked cast. Um, I think one of the voice actors is Josuke Higashikata's voice actor from Jojo Part 4. Uh, and then you've got Bakugo's voice actor from My Hero. And then a couple other people do some like smaller roles. So yeah, decent decent cast for a, a pretty pretty decent show. But yeah, I, I'd recommend it for anybody who likes just like a quick comedy um, that is also somewhat educational. I guess you could say it's not much of a romance though. So don't don't dive into it if you're expecting some like major shoujo romance to happen. And what about you? How's your your venture through Marmalade Boy? <laughs> well, I'm proud to say that I've made a dent in it um, for at least three more episodes so now i have only 10 episodes left of the show um on my side uh, my work's busy season is starting to wind down so i have i would say a lot more free time on my hands so just wanted to sit down and get through as much of the show as i can and like i said it, it's it really is the home stretch now um it 10 feels like it's not a lot, but just the way that the show's plot is dragging right now, it feels like a lot. But it's does it feel like a chore to watch it? A little bit. Um, yeah, with this romance anime, there are a lot of ups and downs with the two love interests, and I would say right now I'm at one of those down points that just recycles old conflicts again. But I am very excited that of this 76 episode series i'm only on the last 10 episodes and i've mentioned before that this was an anime that i had watched long time ago with my sister and then we dropped it and i just wanted to pick it up again and just finish off the story and be done with it so you wanted to close that chapter of your anime life yes <laughs> <laughs> um so that's what i've been working through um and i I believe today is actually the eve of the uh, premiere of the live action uh, adaptation of Cowboy Bebop. Oh, I thought you were going to say the live action adaptation of Marmalade Boy. No. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> there is a live action film for Marmalade oh, Boy. Oh, shit, is it really? Yeah. Oh, boy. That came out a couple years ago. I'm not planning to watch that at all. Um, but I would, yeah, I would say like a little bit of me kind of wants to watch the uh, Cowboy Bebop live action um, but I did want to rewatch the original anime series, um, before I did that. It's, it's weird to just call it the original anime series instead of it just being the anime series. Cause now you have an adaptation that has high expectations to live up to. And I've been reading some of the, like the feedback on social media. I think IGN gave it a seven GameSpot gave it an eight. So it's. 
in like good territory i think compared to most live actions but i'm gonna take that with a grain of salt uh, but yeah even though it's premiering tomorrow i still want to watch the original and just immerse myself in the glory of that before i have to step into the mud of what this live action could be <laughs> yeah you're braver than i am i the only live action content i've seen i've been burned by um so now i'm very 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 weary of anything live action adaptation especially if it's um like non-japan based or non non-japanese um adaptation so you'll have to just fill me in later. Um, I'm just so scared it's going to make me angry and just kind of like leave a sour taste in my mouth around the thought of Cowboy Bebop because it's one of both of our top three favorite anime of all time. And yeah, it's just it's too special to me, I think, to risk ruining. And I hate to say ruin. It's, it's a strong word, but to risk changing my perspective on Cowboy Bebop and Cowboy Bebop in any way. Um, but I think you're, you're considering doing a review episode on it. Is that correct? Yeah. So I am considering doing a review of the live action Cowboy Bebop, um, as an exclusive for our patrons. So if any of you out there would like to become a supporter of our Patreon, you can definitely join in on the fun and listen in on that review. Yeah, you'll find us at patreon.com slash the Strictly Series. We've got other fun stuff on there. We do pre-shows uh, for almost all of our podcast recordings just to to warm up and talk about random stuff. And we like to put those uh, pre-shows out on our, um, our Patreon. Uh, we do monthly bonus episodes, so then this would probably be one of those bonus episodes coming up. Um, we have bonus content from when we have guests on, we have our show schedule on there. So a lot of fun stuff is on there, but if you are interested in hearing Carl's, uh, Cowboy Bebop live action review, which I'm sure is inevitable, I'm sure you're going to have things to say about it. So yeah, review or rant, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's out there, uh, will be out there again on patreon.com slash strictly series. So moving into St. Onisan, oh my God. What did I watch? <laughs> and I say that in the most loving way possible. Like, what was this? It was so unexpected and so great. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And, you know, they say never to talk about religion and politics, but they never said you couldn't talk about religion and anime. <laughs> <laughs> um, and for me, like, I kind of knew about St. Onisan beforehand like what the what the premise was so i knew it was almost like this going to be like a fish out of water movie or something similar to an isekai or i think the most um relevant thing i can compare it to is like devil is a part-timer um but i just you know as as we watched the movie i just found myself laughing like almost every five minutes at like the subtle jokes and like the humor the interaction between jesus and buddha and I think it's just because this movie was a nice change of pace from watching Let Me Eat Your Pancreas, which we reviewed the week before. Yeah, it went from a lot of emotion to a lot of different kinds of emotion, which is mostly like, you know, happiness and and yeah, just lightheartedness all around. And St. Onisan has been on our watch list for a really long time. Like, we, we've we had stuff on our watch list for a while, but I feel like St. Onisan is probably one of the first things I threw up on my mail watch list when I created my mail back in the day. Um, and I think I, f I came across it because I saw somebody post 
something about it on the r anime subreddit and i was like what is this it's jesus and buddha and the art style seems really nice and that was enough for me to be intrigued because how are you not intrigued by a story that follows jesus and buddha going on vacation <laughs> <laughs> i mean there are very few instances i can call recall, uh, recall of jesus in like anime or manga form um fun fact did you know jesus is a jojo reference yes actually yes <laughs> uh part <laughs> I did seven, know that. <laughs> yeah, part seven um steel ball run in the manga um because we, we won't know yet if it'll get a, an anime adaptation oh it better <laughs> yeah <laughs> which that again seeing jesus in that form is going to be interesting um i know there was also like a a anime short called my last day which on the other spectrum of like the act like the the serious religious spectrum it depicts like the crucifixion and it was done by a pretty well-known anime studio studio four degrees celsius um but i also heard about saint onisan um along with these other i guess references to jesus and i i i just i was on board with watching it and here's the thing right it's a super unique concept not only the fact that it puts together Jesus and Buddha, but the way they approach religion in this movie is just so different than than any other anime that touches religion. Um, I don't know, like there's religion infused in a lot of different anime, but it's often a drama um, or some kind of commentary about it. And just talking about this a little bit right now, but we'll dive into it more after the synopsis. But just the, the way the, the creator kind of just, I don't know how to describe it, takes a very lighthearted look at at religion without even really looking at religion it's it's so nice it's just a very fun calm simple watch and i appreciated it so much i was a little bit nervous going into it that there was going to be some sort of commentary on religion or on faith or something more thought-provoking and it literally had none of that and i was like thank thank god (laughs) (laughs) no pun intended (laughs) yeah the best way that i can describe this movie is that it felt like watching Napoleon Dynamite with just a slightly religious coating of paint. It's just harmless and sometimes mindless fun. <laughs> um, the story, it doesn't take itself too seriously. All it is is it's just putting these figures that we think of as like larger than life in everyday situations and imagining how they would act. Um, I think you could probably categorize this as a slice of life. A hundred percent, yeah. And there's no like overarching plot. Like there's no threat of Buddha or Jesus being compromised or people finding out that they are the real deal and they're back on earth. It's just them going through everyday life. And it's the, I think religion is only used as like a a humorous reference um, in certain cases. Like it's just peppered in. Um, And it doesn't feel like the film is preaching anything or saying one religion is better than the other it's just presenting what it knows about religion and putting it through a lens of humor so let's get into the synopsis so we can talk a little more in depth about the way that this movie approaches or barely approaches religion and how it just takes humor to the next level using those religious plot points because i i'm excited to talk about it yeah so let's start off in the beginning there was saint onisan or Saint Young Men, which is a 2013 anime film based on a Japanese slice-of-life comedy manga series written and illustrated by Hikaru Nakamura. Produced by A1 Pictures and directed by Mamoru Kanbei and Noriko Takao, 
The plot centers around Jesus Christ and Gautama Buddha, who live as roommates in a Tokyo apartment after deciding to take some well-deserved time off from their heavenly eternal dominions. The pair end up in various five loaves and two fish out of water situations where they deal with the mild eccentricities of modern day living, including making a most magical visit to the non-copyright infringing happiest place on Nippon land earth, trekking across Tokyo to participate in a rousing supermarket sale, and learning of the crushing invisible hand of economics when the local market across the street had even cheaper prices, dealing with a trio of troublemaking kids whilst absorbing the sights and sounds of a Shinto shrine festival, patronizing a public pool and discovering that Christ has more in common with the Yakuza than you'd think, planning a surprise birthday celebration on Christmas for the guy who's oblivious to the fact that he is the reason for the season, and celebrating New Year's Eve at a Shinto shrine and getting robbed of a chance to literally ring in the new year. As the new year begins, the eternal lifelong friends reflect on the past year and celebrate with a pair of new fortunes, which strongly imply that they should probably pack their bags and head back to the miraculous Mile High Club. But me thinks there will be a second, third, fourth, and fifth coming of Christ and his buddy Buddha. So I want to dive into the religious aspect of this movie right off the bat. Um, as you mentioned earlier, there's no overarching plot. It's just a slice of life that focuses on their vacation um, with the the peppering of religion throughout. And I really appreciated that this movie was simple and completely inoffensive or controversial. It was so charming and refreshing. And as we all know, as you, as you mentioned earlier, religion is a hot button topic and it's nice to finally watch something that is lighthearted um, around religion. And just in general, the movie wasn't trying to analyze or critique anything or start some dialogue around faith. It was pure fun. And like, just thank you. Thank you so much for giving us something that we can watch that has to do with religion and not, you know, feel bad about ourselves afterwards or feel conflicted about something afterwards or question our faith afterwards. It's just, it's just fun. Like I didn't even think about the, the religious aspect of it when I kind of stepped away from the movie and kind of thought about it more. I was more engrossed in the relationship between Jesus and Buddha, their hilarious dynamic, and just all of the hijinks that they get into throughout the movie. It was just, I don't know, it was so fun. Yeah, and even with them not making a huge commentary on religion, I have to say they paid a lot of respect and reverence um, to the figures that they were portraying and, again, the religions that they represent. Um, but, yeah, I was actually reading a little bit about, like, the behind-the-scenes of the movie and especially, like, the manga. And the the writer just wanted to write a comedy manga where the protagonists were just very powerful characters. And who are the most powerful characters that we know of in history besides like <laughs> these these divine divine figures? Um, so I think you just have to kind of look at, look at it through that lens without scrutinizing that like sacred aspect of it too much. Yeah, and blending two religions into one story is, I'm sure, tricky territory. So props to the creator because they did a great job of making it again less about the religions and more about the slice of life aspect where the religious beliefs help shape how the main characters interact with the world and interact with other people um so kind of as you you alluded to earlier the religious aspect actually just supports the story and supports the characters it's not what drives them to do what they do like no part of religion drives you to go to the supermarket 
I assume. No part of religion drives you to go to knock off Disneyland <laughs> or, you know, go to um, go to the, I don't know, Christmas. Okay, well, Christmas celebration may be a bit different because that is a religious space. But you know what I mean? Like nothing about going to, um, you know, the, the bathhouse is like religion driven. It's just there to support kind of the the comedic elements of the movie and i thought it was very clever the ways in which they incorporate the facets of each religion into the story and even combine them as buddha and jesus are interacting and how they blend all of that into the modern day life setting you can tell the creator is very well read in both buddhism and christianity and they took the time to subtly infuse parts of the religions or the stories into the anime while not giving the spotlight to like one religion neither buddha nor jesus outshine each other in this movie although well, buddha shines i literally. mean literally yes <laughs> buddha literally shines at parts of this movie um although I, I felt like jesus tended to be more of the aloof character and buddha was more of the practical character so mm -hmm. that they had some difference in their personality otherwise they would kind of be basically the same character um, but yeah, I thought that they complemented each other nicely and neither character nor neither religion was um, portrayed more or less than the other. Again, it's just watching a film about bre uh, best friends. Like, that's how I enjoy this film. And again, you have the <laughs> Easter eggs, I guess you could call the them. The Easter eggs. Um, to what the, the references to religion that they make throughout this movie. Um full disclosure like i am of the catholic faith so i'm more familiar with like christian religious references in this movie but um i know like in the opening shot of of buddha napping like i knew like the way that his position was animated was actually in reference to i think they call it like the sleeping lion position which many like statues or artworks portray buddha in um because I think that was the state in which the Buddha had passed away. And maybe some of the listeners out there who are practicing Buddhists um, can clarify that, or even if they've watched this movie, find other references that I might have missed. Um, but I knew like right off the bat that this was going to be a fun ride with finding, again, these little references to religion. Let's talk about that more, because... There were just so many fucking great moments in this anime. <laughs> like, right off the bat, Jesus is so proud of himself because someone said that he looks like Johnny Depp. <laughs> and, like, yeah. Buddha's like, yeah, you're really happy about that, huh? It was just so funny because, yeah, he kind of kind of does look like Johnny Depp. <laughs> or, I guess, um, depending on the picture, like, Ewan, what's his name? Ewan McGregor? Yeah. <laughs> As, uh, what's his face? Obi-Wan Kenobi? <laughs> yeah, and I actually have a, a side story about that. So, I think uh, Ewan McGregor's when he portrayed Obi-Wan Kenobi in the second prequel film for Star Wars, which was Attack of the Clones, people said that he looked most like typical artwork representations of Jesus Christ. And I remember going on Facebook, and my father is on Facebook, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, like, older adults, um, they like to share, like, especially religious adults, they like to share images on Facebook where it says, share this and... You know, good fortune will come to you. Or share this and you'll die. Or share this or you'll die. <laughs> yeah, or like share this if you love Jesus. And it was one of those share this if you love Jesus posts. And it was 
a picture of Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> and I didn't have the heart to tell my dad that that's not a picture of Jesus. Um, but yeah, in this movie, he looks more like Johnny Depp. And I can kind of see that with the way that they drew him. As soon as they they put that reference out there as soon as they made that joke i was like okay i get the kind of movie this is gonna be because like again like you don't know what you're getting into when you start watching something that revolves around jesus and buddha and yeah i was like that sold me i think that moment really hooked me into this movie and i was like okay i am ready for this ride and i i can't wait um i think another one of my favorite parts was when buddha was teaching jesus how to swim (laughs) and there were like he questioned you know how he kind of dealt with water in the past and he said well i just walked on it (laughs) i got too scared so i just walked on water like the using that as the reasoning for why jesus walked on water which is obviously completely different than what the bible explains but i just thought that was such a clever way to to use that reference but give it a new spin yeah (laughs) and again like i i know of that bible story where like Jesus went out into the water to to save his disciples that were on like a capsizing boat, and I just love that it gives a humorous context. <laughs> he only walked on water because he was just afraid to swim. Like, <laughs> it's it's brilliant. And then on top of that, when Jesus finally drums up the courage to put his you know kind of submerge his whole head underwater, the second he does, he immediately parts the water and i'm like oh my god that is so clever because i just figured like he'd dunk his head and then he'd start to panic or something and then he'd he'd come back up and like i don't know be all flustered but well he fact- does panic um when the first time he dunks his head and then like the blood starts coming out of his uh yeah i guess the stigmata thorns. no yeah. yeah that's why i assumed when he submerged his body it would just be the same song uh, and dance yeah. but they took a different spin on it and like because he panicked he ended up parting the water completely unbeknownst to to himself he was like parting the water with his eyes closed he's like i'm doing it <laughs> my head's <laughs> underwater and it's like no not really and it's just like this this pool with all these these poor patrons just minding their own business and suddenly everyone gets pelted in the face with water because he parts the water and really quick side note it's it's also funny that he's just wearing the crown of thorns like with yeah, the buddha, whole movie <laughs> like with buddha you could probably just get uh, see a passing glance of him and you'd think okay yeah maybe he does look like the buddha but this guy is wearing the crown of thorns <laughs> and i you know as as morbid as that item is i love that they kind of use it to comedic effect here where it kind of tells the viewer like what jesus is thinking in a certain situ- or how he feels in a certain situation because i think with Buddha, he gets when he gets excited, he just starts shining luminously, and when Jesus feels a certain way, kind of like, like stressed out, or yeah, worried. like he starts bleeding from the crown of thorns, <laughs> like <laughs> like when just, he was when he wanted to see the parade at the knockoff Disneyland, yeah. and then Buddha wasn't catching <laughs> onto the hint, so then the stigmata started to act up. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just love how they portray Jesus. He, he's just. In this one or this film, he's just such a wholesome character and also just very completely naive. Yeah. (laughs) And then you have Buddha on the other end where I think before they go into the onsen, I can't remember, um, he's taking a really long shower and Jesus is like, let's hurry it up, people. (laughs) And he's like, a few more minutes. I'm close to reaching enlightenment. I think because he sits under the waterfall before he reaches enlightenment. I don't know much about Buddhism. I apologize if I'm, I'm butchering that. Um, but that was my my takeaway from from that moment, which I thought was really clever. I think another moment um, that I loved from that whole like public pool or uh, bathhouse scene is um, they're in the sauna 
after that. And they're sitting amongst these other men. And Jesus strikes up a conversation with um, who, like, we later find out is a Yakuza member. And I just love that the Yakuza member is misinterpreting what Jesus is saying about, uh, I think he thinks that Jesus had ended up in prison at some point and then had, uh, because of, like, a snitch. And, again, me knowing the Bible story, Jesus is talking about Judas betraying him at the Last Supper. And then Jesus tells him, yeah, like, I... I was fine three days later. Like I, I got out and the Yakuza member just thinks that he was able to just break out of jail so quickly. <laughs> and Jesus mentioned it's because of his father's will. And then the Yakuza member thinks like, Oh, this guy is the, like the son of a, a very high profile crime family. It's like, <laughs> I never thought you could think of Jesus as, as gangsta. Yeah, I think, again, it's just like all the writing is so clever, taking something from each of these religions and infusing them, again, in these modern-day situations. I really appreciate it as well that they had a little bit of um, highlights on Shintoism because when they're at the Shinto shrine, they're, um, I think they get roped into, not roped into, but asked to join in on the shrine festivities. Mm -hmm. And Buddha's nervous about doing that because he's like, the god here is going to be pissed at us. And nothing crazy happens but when they get their fortunes at the end of their um their time at the shinto shrine the fortunes are like bad luck <laughs> and they're like okay i think the god's trying to tell us something <laughs> yeah, like, get out of my religious space or whatever <laughs> which again it's, it's not i don't consider that sacrilegious it, it, it's just it's acknowledging that there are different religions yeah um and Jesus and Buddha just happen to be intruding on one one of their spaces. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's I don't know, just the whole dynamic between Jesus and Buddha being super close friends who get along very well is another refreshing aspect of this movie because um, it's, it's very clever how they interact with and also respect each other's religious beliefs throughout the film. Uh, for example, Buddha is cooking for Jesus on Christmas, which is his birthday, and then Jesus respects the fact that Buddha doesn't eat meat because he's a vegetarian. So it's kind of mm -hmm. that nice balance of like Buddha acknowledging the Christmas holiday is all about Jesus and Jesus acknowledging that Buddha is, you know, does not eat meat due to his religious beliefs. So it's that nice back and forth, that nice balance that they strike with the way they handle each of these religions. And from that scene, I love how I think like there's a chicken that flies in because it thinks like Buddha's wants like an offering or like a blessing oh. and then like a turkey <laughs> yeah. shows up at the door and he's like trying to shoe them away um I, the, the thing i love about this christmas scene going back to jesus just being such a wholesome character is that he dresses up like the the statue of buddha in like all of this christmas decor and he starts singing joy to the world and he's like <laughs> flailing his arms and repeating one line he's just such a happy pup <laughs> and then he, you find out that he doesn't even know what the true meaning of Christmas is. Uh, I think he says something like he thinks that it's the day Santa achieved uh, reindeer propelled flight. Like, I just love that so much. And then to that point in that scene where Jesus is dressing up the, the Buddha, at no point does Buddha get offended or upset that he is putting garland and lights on the Buddha statue because he understands that Jesus is just doing it from like, a place of good intention mm -hmm. um, and doing it in a way to kind of almost share his religion with his friend. Someone who doesn't normally celebrate Christmas is able to do so with, of course, the guy who 
you know, is the reason for the, the season, as you said earlier. So yeah, that's another moment where it's like they could have easily had Buddha get upset or feel some kind of way about that, but he doesn't. He's like, okay, well, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that you haven't talked about the t-shirts I was yet. literally about to mention that. I was like, going back <laughs> to the parts that we love, I think one of the best parts of this movie is the t-shirt whole like bit and the fact that they acknowledge that too because you think about like my hero academia and midoriya's t-shirts are kind of like a bit that never really gets referred to in the Mm -hmm. show because he's got like shirts that literally say what kind of shirt he's wearing and here i thought they were going to go the same route but then towards the end of the movie there's a guy who's actually keeping track of their shirts and counting how many times they're wearing them and even asking like where are they getting these shirts from and it's it's buddha that's just making them yeah. right <laughs> although the movie never explains why he's making the shirts right yeah i don't think so um and maybe you know what maybe that's that's all we need to know is that he is making the shirts and that they <laughs> they say religious things on them and they referred to it in the movie at least once and that's that's good enough but i the whole time we were watching i was reading the shirts but then you were interpreting the shirts yes because <laughs> i don't understand the religious aspects as well as you do but you can't read japanese yeah so we had to <laughs> pause the movie a couple times just so you could read it's it's the kanji right um it was the good blend or, of kanji and katakana. katakana yeah yeah and the first one that jesus is wearing in the movie is amen i was like i read it i'm like amen <laughs> <laughs> and then i think later on he was wearing something that said like was it Sam- samson samson and, and delilah. delilah um yeah that's a reference to the bible character samson the guy who had like long hair like he had his his strength comes from his hair, and that you know what that sounds like an anime character. So we <laughs> should do an anime adaptation of Samson and Delilah. And then one of them was um, Jesus getting denied three times. I love that one because it says times three at the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> what was it like? How do you like something nigh times three? Yeah, I think it said Shiranai times three, which is like I, I don't know or something. Yeah, like I I don't care or whatever. Yeah. Or... <laughs> <laughs> like that that's a Bible reference that really digs deep. Um, it's obviously like when Peter, or yeah, Simon Peter in the Bible denies that he knows Jesus, and it's three times. So I just love again me being of a Catholic faith and just seeing these references was such a treat. And I know there were like other uh, t-shirts had Buddhist references for what Buddha was wearing. The one that we caught was the Siddhartha. Yeah. I think also in the I think beginning. that was the first one that he was wearing. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm also Catholic, um, but I am nowhere near as in touch with my faith as, as you are, at least from like a, a knowledgeable perspective. So I paid attention in CCD. <laughs> I did not pay attention in CCD. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was a nice way to combine our strengths. I was able to read off some of the shirts and you were able to interpret them. I also just want to call out the animation style in this movie. And and really the overall tone of the movie is soft and light. Um, Again, the animation is is that way. The score is that way. Even the voice acting is that way. um, Because the voice actors portray Buddha and Jesus as very calm, gentle, kind men. And everything around them kind of supports that as well. So it's just, again, not only writing-wise, but visually and and musically, it just has this lighthearted feel to it throughout like there it just it was such a pleasant watch from beginning to end um although it's not to say that there weren't some issues that i had with with the movie 
Yeah, I was reading that um, the film's anime staff, um, they wanted to stay true to the artwork of the manga by incorporating the manga's sort of sketched look. And they even colored some shadows with like pencils or even scribbles to emulate that style. Personally, I thought it never made the visuals feel unfinished. It, in some ways, kind of enhances the sort of comical nature of the story. Um, and I, I thought that, you know, thematically for them to, and even for the manga to use this style, it sort of brings these divine characters of uh, Jesus and Buddha to this sort of like down to earth level. Because I believe like in their respective religions, both Jesus and Buddha were human and, and they just had like this divine nature to them. So I think having this aesthetic lets like the second secondary characters in the film and even the audience empathize with them more and realizing that as heavenly as these figures are they're they're just like you and me and i think the only real quote-unquote clean animation style that we see is when we are first shown buddha and jesus and they're depicted in almost this like renaissance art style so i kind of appreciate that they had this kind of sketch look because again it makes them more human and you feel like you're on a more human level with them yeah i enjoyed it a lot it was just very aesthetically pleasing and again just played very nicely into the fact that this is just a simple comedy with nothing extravagant going on and i know we've mentioned this a couple times already but just wanting to discuss more about the film it never really makes a direct commentary on religion or again suggests that Christianity is better than Buddhism or vice versa and it even incorporates other religions as we've discussed where Jesus and Buddha they visit a Shinto temple and they even participate in the festival by carrying the shrine or even going to um, get their fortunes or I guess their, their charms right and I just love these moments and I know there might be some zealots out there who think this might be wholly sacrilegious or disrespectful but in these instances i appreciate how the two characters they never make their differing set of beliefs from each other or from what the japanese people practice it's never a point of contention and again we saw that when buddha was doing his best to make jesus's birthday on christmas so special um i would say like there was a very meta moment in the film the middle of the film where the pair suddenly disappears without reason and you know the townsfolk and the kids who have been so curious about them and 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 more so on the kids part like playing around and teasing them they just feel so lost without them right oh yeah that's a good point (laughs) i didn't think about it like that right um and i you know they they come back and their only explanation is like oh we went on a hot spring trip but I just, it was a very funny moment because I think in a way you can think of that like people find religion as a way to to get them back on the straight path. Um, but that's like the only real instance where I think, again, it's, it's still like a commentary on religion. It's not saying you will feel lost if you don't have religion. It's just that this was a, a, a random moment of, of occurrence in these people's lives. Um, And I think what I like the most about Jesus and Buddha with this story and this film is that it 
again, it celebrates the differences of these two friends. They respect each other's strengths and weaknesses. And besides enjoying their earthly vacation, they just seek to bring out the best in each other and the people that they meet. Besides that one bratty kid who wanted to just fuck around with Buddha. <laughs> yeah. And like to, to jump in on that, cause it's a good point. Um, I mean, they're vacationing in Japan, which has a very large Buddhist population um, and only a very tiny, I think, Christian population. I Last statistic I heard was like 2% of the population is Christian, but don't quote me on that. It's been a while. It, it certainly um, likely has changed. But regardless, the, the point is that a very small population of Japanese people are Christian and never during this movie does buddha refer to like japan as like his country or you know Mm -hmm. i have more people that follow me here again it's one never outshines the other despite the fact that buddhism is much much more largely practiced in in japan than christianity is yeah and i guess to kind of finalize my thoughts with again what this movie touches on with religion is with the relationship between Jesus and Buddha, I think this is a lesson that we can all learn just as human beings, is the way that we think about religion. Like we all have, or the the world has just varied and numerous kinds of religious beliefs and uh, denominations, but there are certain core principles that are shared amongst them. And in the end, what all that religion is trying to do is just show people how to be better human beings. And I think that's that's all that Jesus and Buddha are trying to do throughout this movie is, again, while enjoying their vacation, they just want to bring out the best in people. It's like the, was it, the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Yeah, and bringing up, uh, you know, those people who find this offensive or sacrilege or whatever, welcome to the anime community. <laughs> we don't give a <laughs> shit, okay? <laughs> We're here for the fun of it, and this movie is fun. <laughs> So just a few critiques from my end, because I wouldn't call this movie perfect. Um, just a couple things I wanted to mention. I recognize that this is just a simple story, um, but really it's a fragmented story with an unclear or really non-existent overall goal. Um, it was a slice of life, or I guess in this case, a slice of vacation in the purest sense. But for a movie format, I, I just don't think that works well. It's just mm-hmm. difficult to sit through a, a longer piece of media without having some sort of end goal that we're working towards. It may work in an episodic format because you can kind of break it up a little bit. Um, and, you know, maybe one episode follows the first part of this movie. The second episode follows the supermarket part. Third episode follows the the kids, you know, teasing Buddha or whatever, so on and so forth. But here it just, yeah, it felt very fragmented. And I kind of wish they almost went with a, like a six-part anime series instead. It does have an OVA with two episodes, which we haven't watched yet, but we'll, we're planning to watch. Um, and I thought when they introduced the kids that that was the moment that would propel the story forward and give us some sort of overarching storyline. But nah, it didn't happen like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And to your point, this movie felt like it was split up as if it were an OVA. Like there are moments where you feel like this could have been an episode, like you said, the supermarket run or the whole Shinto festival sequence. And I guess my only like my only major complaint about this movie is that I would have loved it 
like you said, in an anime format. Because I would have loved to see more of Jesus and Buddha's adventures and like their fish out of water antics. Um, but we only get a slice of that oh. <laughs> in this movie. And I- I'm kind of comfortable with there being no real conflict. Um, I think that would have kind of trampled on again the hot button topic of religion a little bit more, I would say. Um, although I guess you could say the, the, the pair being found out that again it's th- their heavenly figures that have come back down to earth um, that could have caused a huge plot point um, to propel the story forward. But I just enjoyed it for like the, the day-to-day comedy. Yeah, no, I'm not saying it had to have some like crazy storyline um, or some crazy drama. Honestly, the the boys picking on Buddha could have been enough of like a lighthearted drama mm-hmm. to be, I don't know, the, the minimal conflict that maybe this, this needed. But you're right. I think to a certain point, if there was any conflict, it would have just taken away from how soft and lighthearted this movie has ended up being. But with that said, the other critique I have is that I wasn't crazy about the fact that those boys were bullying Buddha for for two reasons. One, because Jesus seemed completely unaware of it, leaving Buddha to kind of fend for himself. And I was like, I don't know, like that just felt like kind of sad. Um, And then the boys never learned a lesson in the end, which seems kind of detached from the idea of of religion and faith and kind of learning mm. to better oneself through faith. I'm not saying that Buddha had to like smack down some religious, you know, lesson on these kids, but just them realizing like, okay, Buddha was nice to me at the Shinto shrine and I'm kind of being a dick to him. Maybe I should not do that anymore. Yeah. I figured Buddha just waved it off as like, these are just kids being kids and I'll just <laughs> deal with it. He's like, oh, and let then... me just backhand you across the face. <laughs> or maybe like car, he knows like karma will come yeah, get them go. later on. <laughs> And, you know, like, Jesus is just naive. (laughs) (laughs) I think the only other real critique I have for this movie um, is more so with the voice actors. I know you said, and this makes sense, that the voice actors for both Jesus and Buddha, they have these sort of subdued tones to them um, to evoke, like, the the calming nature of, of these religious figures. But I just thought at points they just needed to add a little bit more emotion into their voice acting. And I think that the the two voice actors for Jesus and Buddha, they aren't actually Seiyu. They're like um, live action actors. Or The one who voices Jesus is Mirai Moriyama, who is a yeah, Japanese actor and dancer. And then um, Buddha is voiced by Gen Hoshino who is a singer-songwriter um, and actor. Um, so I can understand it from that point, but I think if they had Seiyu who can provide more dynamic feelings, even if these are like subdued characters, it would have flavored the movie a little bit more for me. Yeah, I feel that. There were times where I I almost felt like Buddha and Jesus sounded stupid. Like, not... Not that the, what they were saying was stupid, but that they just sounded like just like really naive, really like unaware. That yeah, parts. just like something about them just seemed detached because they always had the same tone in every given situation. Um, and yeah, I think if they just had a little, like you said, a little bit, like a sprinkle more of emotion for some of those more frustrating moments of the movie. Um, or some of the more like 
conflicting moments, although there wasn't really any conflict, that would have helped kind of balance things out a little bit. And lastly, because of the musician in me, I just wanted to talk about the music, more so the two songs that we hear in this film. Um, Mid-film, we hear this song by Kawan Nakao called Daremoi Naine, or There Is No One. And this plays when Jesus and Buddha go on their hot spring trip and everyone is concerned about where they've gone. And I just like this song because it feels like one of those world or community uniting anthems. Like this is the film's version of Let It Be or We Are The World. And I think it's two different people singing the song as if it's being sung by both Jesus and Buddha. And they're kind of wishing humans to just live their best when they're not around. Live their best life. (laughs) (laughs) And again, it's, it's sort of like the going back to that meta commentary on religion about people being lost and going astray and finding their way. Um, I thought this was a very appropriate song to use in that moment until we find out that you know, they were just on a trip. Um, and then the ending credits song, which is Gag by again, Gan Hoshino, who was the voice of Buddha. This one too, it ends the film on a very wholesome and happy-go-lucking, happy-go-lucking? happy-go-lucky song that just makes everything... Like, it just makes you feel good at the end. It's called Gag? It's called Gag. What? (laughs) Why is it called Gag? I don't know. You you know, like Japanese songs. Like a joke gag or like gagging in your throat? Probably like (laughs) joke gag. I I would hope so. Yeah, because reading the lyrics, um, the lyrics are mostly about cherishing life's memories and just being present in the moment so i don't think it's about someone like throwing up or whatever <laughs> um but gag is on my spotify anime playlist daremoi naine is unfortunately not on spotify but you can catch it on soundcloud if you want um but yeah i would say they're both semi-religious bangers <laughs> And that brings us to our final thoughts for St. Onisan. So how many way, truth, and slice of lifes out of 10 would you give this film? I would give it a 7.5 out of 10. I think it's an absolute solid watch. Um, Did not disappoint at all. But does it do anything, uh, I guess, that really pushes the boundaries? No, because that's the whole point. It's not supposed to test the waters when it comes to religion or have any sort of commentary as we discussed earlier i think it's just a safe really fun simple watch that is yeah just just solid all around um but what did you think about the movie so i gave it eight way truth and slice of life's out of ten never would i ever think that i would say jesus christ is so kawaii and mean it I think I I just love this movie so much. It was a lighthearted comedy film through and through. There's no conflict, no real beginning or end, no alpha or omega. It just is. And if you want to remove the religious aspect out of it, it's just a movie about two best buddies who are stuck in a foreign land and just trying to navigate their way through it. As I've mentioned, I think the voice actors for Jesus and Buddha could have just injected a little bit more personality into their characters. Um, And 
other than that, my only real gripe with the film is that I want I wanted more. I, I wanted to see more of these fish out of water water situations for Jesus and Buddha. Well, hey, we got the OVA. That's true. Um, so we got to watch those. And I know that the manga is currently ongoing. So I think I just love this story so much that I might go ahead and pick up the manga to read. Whoa, <laughs> manga reader over here. <laughs> yeah, surprising. And along those lines, I would just love to see a full TV anime adaptation of this series. Um, that will hopefully continue to see where this budding relationship between Christ and Buddha continues to go. Um, but all in all, St. Onisan, it may not make you a believer or enlighten your current perspectives on faith, but it is still hashtag blessed. Oh my God. <laughs> well, yes, that is our, our review on St. Onisan. We're curious to know if anyone else has watched this movie because I feel like it doesn't have a huge fandom behind it. Um, I think it probably deserves more traction than, than what it got when it premiered in, what, 2013? Yeah. And so if anyone has some some takes on this movie, the OVA, or even the manga, if there's some other notable moments from the manga that tap into the subtle humor of religion, please let us know because um, I'm very curious about this. I hope we'll get like a devil as a part-timer situation where like, Eight years after the movie came out, they suddenly announced like a second movie or a season of the show because if the manga's ongoing, there's hope for that. Yeah, it's kind of weird because we had reviewed Devil as a Part-Timer last year and then we get the announcement that this year it's getting the second season. Yeah, like out of nowhere. They're just like, yeah, by the way, new season. (laughs) Maybe the karmic or Christian forces will align with us and we'll get a announcement of um, an anime adaptation for this this story. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. But thank you to everyone for listening to this um, very unique, I would say, review episode on St. Onisan. And hope you enjoyed it. And that wraps up episode 62 of Strictly Anime. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to support the show or hear Carl's review on the live-action Cowboy Bebop, then head over to patreon.com slash the Strictly Series and subscribe on your favorite podcast streaming service so you can be notified when new episodes premiere every Monday. Follow us on Instagram at the Strictly Series and on Twitter at Strictly Series and connect with us there or on our website, thestrictlyseries.com, to share your thoughts on the anime that we review or your thoughts on St. Onisan. You'll also find more info on Strictly Jojo, our other podcast dedicated to Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb.